gentlemen. Jazz, can you hand me my beverage? Yeah. What's beverage? Over there? Bad, what a bad host I was. I'm not giving you a beverage, but I guess you're the host. <gasps> gentlemen, welcome to The Grit for, I don't know, what's today? November 8th, November 2019. Spe- special episode. Sorry, I'm checking ticket sales. Whoa, that is a deep, sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we're live from the Florida Surf Film Festival, gentlemen. New Smyrna Beach, Florida. Still Norm- salty. Are you guys still salty? Oh, feels so good. My nips are a little bit raw right yeah. now. How are everybody's nips? I'm fine. No, I was making a joke about you. what you did to his nips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> I got the joke. Can we start over? Oh, I got the joke. So how's everybody's nipples today? <laughs> Let's open the show on nipple talk. Um, right. So, yeah. How'd it go? This morning's session, you guys. I had a great time. Yeah? I really thought I was going to get bit by a shark, to be honest. I thought it would so serve me right to get bit by a shark. But then I thought, here's what I thought. Imagine if I was a shark bite, a shark bite victim, how much outrage I could manufacture. It would be... 32 articles. I mean, at least. Yeah. There'd be a march on Washington, D.C., I feel. <laughs> I think so, for sure. I would, it would, be, I would do the, yeah, the 5,000 surfer march. You think I could rally 5,000 surfers to go to D.C. to demand that all sharks got killed? Um, yes, I do. I think the crazier, the crazier the political statement, then the more... I'd have a lot of... I would have a lot of outrage. Who's, yeah. the, uh, who's the beach grit guy? Is it Fred Paul that's the, uh, the, the, the crazed shark killer? Fred, wants, Fred Paul is wants an, to kill them all. Is right? an anti-shark man. Yeah. Right. He's an anti-shark He uh, views sharks the way the rest of us view mosquitoes. Yeah. There's no uh, environmental component to save get rid of shark you just get rid of shark. the Derek Riley always has the good point is why do we kill any tuna cute little tuna indiscriminately all day every day but when it comes to killing a shark everybody feels real sad about it or on the tuna package it says dolphin safe sure so we're worried about the dolphins but not the tuna yeah precisely because dolphins are cuter sure but sharks are not cute right. and we're also worried about the sharks did you read the, sure. if you're eating swordfish, it's probably shark article the other day? No. I did I did read, though, the, uh, what, the a U.S. governmental commission, um, their whole thing was, hey, you want, want to have a good snack? Eat more shark. The shark is now sustainable and great, except doesn't, isn't it high in some kind of weird acid that gives you gout? I think I read that on the beach comments. <laughs> <laughs> How come no one gets gout anymore? I think. Does we all eat citrus? Well, I think we do in Florida. Gout. Gout's yeah. a Florida thing. I got some buddies in Georgia that have some gout. <laughs> it wasn't gout. Gout's supposedly the most like the pain, most painful thing you can endure this side of like kidney stones, mm-hmm. right? Really? Does anyone? I've read a few. I've read enough books that were set like in the you know on sailing ships in the 19th century, and the, the, the captain has gout and he can't get out of bed. What? How do you get gout again? Is it? It's from some kind of acid over some kind of acid. It's crystals or something in your right bones, nerves but it's, or yeah. But it's from a, it's from kind of some kind of acid that's in food. There's a Google that's search a shark waiting for it. Citrus didn't cure gout. Citrus cured scurvy. scurvy. Yeah. Okay. I got uh, okay. All right. Well, what are we doing in Florida, Chaz? Explain to listeners and who's this new voice that we have. On? So we are here for the fantastic, the best in show Florida Surf Film Festival. It's truly and honestly the best. Florida Surf Film Festival I've ever been to. Uh, Why just would you kidding. qualify it by saying it's the best Florida surf? Like just the, the same way I qualify <laughs> you by saying you're the world's greatest sixty-year-old surf writer and only surf historian okay. living in Seattle <laughs> yeah. at, in the year two thousand nineteen. No, it is truly and honestly a absolutely fan the best 
surf film festival. How many surf film to. festivals have you been to? I've been to probably, uh, I'm going to say five. I still, I feel that's a heavy compliment I mean, coming from you. Thank you. Uh, it's true. It's the best one I've ever seen too. I'll say that. I'll go so far as to say I've never seen on Instagram or elsewhere a better one. I think it is um, actually run like a business, which helps tremendously. And that isn't to slight just other surf film festivals. Uh, it's actually to slight all of the surf industry. <laughs> like a lot of business surfboard manufacturers, clothing brands, a lot of just don't run their businesses the way that you would if you worked in tech or pharma or anything else or accounting or, and that's probably why. So Kevin's an accountant by day, but um, so it's run like a business, but then more importantly is it's the most successful version of bringing together community that I've seen in a surf no doubt. film festival. And your guys' curation process for the films is always top notch. Um, so anyways, Matt, Chaz, and I are here as jurors for the film festival. There's a bunch of other surf, uh, filmmakers here, Jack Coleman, um, the guys that made Spoons, which is a great documentary if Wyatt, listeners haven't seen Wyatt, it. Wyatt, Wyatt and Daly and Justin, yeah, Justin Mish. Why did Why did Jack Coleman surf his asymmetrical finless today? Is he the question mainly, I have. He mainly surfs finless nowadays. That's just his thing. It's uh, he's a disciple of Derek Hind. Mm. Get it, get it all. Yeah, we surfed New Smyrna Beach this morning. Very fun. I just kept trying to stick Gorkin flips all day long <laughs> in honor of Aaron Cormikin. Have you ever landed a Gorkin flip? What? <laughs> have you ever have you ever attempted a Gorkin flip? No. I attempted one today. I almost hit hit knocked my teeth out with you my You know board. you have to get to your feet before you can complete yeah, no, it. I, I I really had a banger. I had the section <laughs> and I went up and almost took my teeth out. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, it's a dangerous uh, move, the Col Gorkin. So Jack, um I think he's at the point where it's impossible to have fun on three foot waves on a board, like a traditional board that has fans. He's a really good surfer, right? Yeah. 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 But he's a great so, surfer. So what the hell though? So he is honestly the man who has watched way too much porn and yes. now can only get off right. by <laughs> humping midgets. And right. asphyxiation. <laughs> yeah. That's what he is. Asphyxiating the midget so, and himself. So Jack Coleman, we're going to find Jack Coleman hanging <laughs> From a finless surfboard <laughs> like someday NXS, in the closet. The NXS yeah, guy? Exactly. Dude, if we do, let's make a pact right now that we, when we find that body, we treat it with dignity. We put him in bed, put a Bible on his chest. <laughs> yeah. And put a, like, put let, a fin in his board. That's what I'm going to do yeah, first. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's no parent wants to find their kid. No, but went he, out that way. Jack Coleman nope. literally took a perfectly fine asymmetrical board. You know I like asymmetricals, David Lee. You know that I feel a profound sense of, I don't know, I guess I'm per, I become really personally attached mm. to the asymmetrical. And well, you Jack, think he defiled it? He just popped the fins right out and went and surfed it. So uh, he got the best wave I saw today. For the really? Record. I was paddling out, set left, like an actual wave that any of us would have been psyched on. And he paddles into it. And then once he catches the wave pushes his board in front of him and used it as a hand plane. And it was like, what, how long is that board? It was like a six and a half foot board, right. maybe seven feet. So he's using it as a hand plane, just holding on to like the back tail and it starts spinning like, or not spinning, but it goes sideways, like it side slips, but he had it under control. So the board was kind of like flirting with the lip, but he's holding on to the bottom and he was fully in control the whole time. And then he slid it underneath him and like body surfed a little barrel with it and show off. it was awesome it was like and i was paddling out and i hooted him so that i think his goal was like look if i get to my feet i've i can't have fun out here standing up because i've surfed a million waves standing up and better waves standing up so how do i make it fun he, he has a sickness yeah that's what it is 
He has a sickness, a sick man, Jack well, Coleman. So I wanted to say something regarding the film festival because when I uh, was first here with both of you guys, Charlie and Kevin, it reminded me that I met both of you guys at a film festival in the, at the New York Film Festival. I don't mind plugging them because it doesn't exist anymore, right? But I met both of you guys on the same night. It was like eight or nine years ago. No kidding, same night? Yeah. It was 2012, so. 2012, yeah, seven years ago. That's where I met Charlie. Yeah. And then later that night I met you, Kevin, and, and we were just a couple of kids, you and I, a crazy idea about having a, starting our own things. Yeah, well, and I just, uh, I was telling you, I knew you had written some great pieces, but I think the two surf surfer articles that I remember the most, I said, oh yeah, it's about this guy not turning on the heat in the car because he didn't want to get too warm and cozy before he paddled out, and you're like, yeah, I wrote that. And then I did the same thing with another article, so it was... But you said, um, I'm here because I'm going to start my own film festival in Florida. And you, I, I don't know what, I don't know why we ended up, we were just holding up that table outside of that cafe in Brooklyn somewhere. And we ended up spending most of the evening just sitting there with a few other people talking about, uh, I don't know, I don't know, we just sort of hit it off. And then the film festival started this one and you kept inviting me out year after year and I couldn't because I was too busy getting EOS together and... Then about three years ago, I said yes, and I've been coming ever since. The yeah. has, has there been a, an explosion of surf film festivals around the world, or is it just my imagination? I feel there's yeah, been a real... How old's the London one? I, th- I heard that one's so old. Ten years, maybe, or no. more, Chris is doing. Yeah, it's, it's well uh, done, too. It's probably the finest out there uh, across the pond, okay, you know? And man. I think, uh, I, I, you know, everybody... Would love to be in London, of course, but I think we take the more of a Sundance backwoods, right. you know, art center approach where we just want to get everybody together and watch some movies and like, so, like we did at the New York one, just sit and chat too. Right? Yeah. Elaborate on that. Give listeners an idea. Why did you start the film fest? How, what was your background growing up? Yeah. And- no, I just, I started surfing in high school, early high school and uh, went to a couple of cinema draft house movies where Matt Keckley's in the back. And these guys were huge in our world, right? So we're just, you know, looking up to them, get the movies in front of us. I don't know that somebody just knocked on the door, which is why we're taking invite them in. I don't know who it is, but bring them in. Scott Hewlett. Scott. Scott Hewlett. Are you joining the party? (laughs) I guess so. Matt, Matt, you're going to share a mic. Can you find a chair? Find a chair and then come back. Probably. Yeah. Long story short. Do you want a drink? Hewlett? Right. Chaz will make him a drink. Close that door. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the hope was to continue the stoke for the young people that I felt when I was sitting in the theater, and I also write, you know, Wrong. like authentically Wrong. like surf movies. Thank you. Yeah, I'm easy to please on the entertainment scale. Yeah, I can get critical, but I'm also the guy who whose favorite night of the week was the night before I'm going surfing and I need a beer and a pizza and a surf movie yeah. and I'm good. And the community bringing them out that never killed anybody. Right. So yeah, that's where we're at. Well, you guys are killing it. And to give people a background, you partner with John Brooks, who both of you guys have day jobs. So you're a CPA by day. John is a firefighter here in new Smyrna beach. So normal working class dudes pulling off a really awesome little community event. It's epic. Well done. Thank you. But the more important reason why you wanted to be on today's show is to retaliate against Chaz, right? Yeah. Tell it's, me, it's, what's, what's your problem? 
Him well, and Kevin, does my, he have to here, get in line with here, you? <laughs> yes, he does actually. <laughs> yeah, but he's he first. Probably in line. does. There's there's a thing where I have to drive an hour to work three days a week. Yeah. So you know, and then an hour home. So I get to listen to everything you guys put out there. And my dad has always been, you know, don't just complain about something, come up with a solution. Otherwise you're a worthless piece of shit and you need to like be somebody who fixes things and executes. Otherwise you're a pain in my ass. Get the fuck away. Pardon my language, but there is um, a lot of complaining going on on this podcast lately. And I'm here to say that we need some goddamn solutions and if I'm going to lay down some Steve Miller uh, rules, this is it right here. So Chaz has, we talked about it last night too. Chaz is definitely throwing down the complaints. I want to know how you, Chaz, are going to fix the WSL. Kevin, let me first start off by explaining something. I have a gift. I was born <laughs> with a particular gift and my gift is only destructive. I try to build things and it doesn't work. Like I can, I can, exactly. You've done a pretty good job with beach grit, damn it. I, you thought I built Beach Grit? Well, I have okay. Derek Riley mm-hmm. the, is the genius behind the building. I just go and throw rocks as hard and far as I can. That's the honest to goodness only thing I could do. So my whole goal with this is first, before you can build something, of course, you have to destroy it, right? I mean, there's an ugly structure built over professional surfing right now. It's a hideous structure. It's like one of those, what is it? It's like a, I'm going to call it a fake Hacienda style tract home in Southern California on a beautiful piece of property, right? Structure's vague. I want to know what pieces of the structure that you're talking about. If we have to deconstruct this, like you say structure, what is the structure and what is it about it that bothers you? Okay. So the structure of the WSL, as far as I see it at this point is if they were still ASP days, right? Association of surfing professional days. They were all only about surf contests. The brands basically own the surf contest. The ASP was the, I remember the first time I met Brody Carr, the old CEO of the ASP. Uh, and I thought, I can't, this is epic. I'm meeting the CEO. He's probably the first CEO I ever met. And come to find out after maybe two drinks, I realized the ASP had like a $8.50 budget and Brody was probably working on free t-shirts from Billabong that he would sell out of the back of his car. Like there was just no money in the ASP. It was just the brands that did it. And so the tour structure was what it was, right? The tour structure, I think, will always be what it is, Matt. Well, the, the events back then were, in, were independently owned. The, all the, the, the ASP's whole function really was just to provide, I think, um, the same judges event to event and to do the scoring. But there was almost no central. There was no zero structure. It was yeah. It was the Quicksilver Ten. I mean, it was the the brand. And, and so remember, every back then, every one of the streams was different. different. Like the different brand were different, and everything, and it all it all and the. Uh, uh, the website you would go on to access it was different. Sure. I mean, every event you had to kind of re-introduce uh, yourself to how to op- uh, operate the, the stream. And so I suppose I appreciate the WSL for centralizing it, though I really don't. I liked the different flavors because I liked the different, back in the day, ASP yeah. days, you'd get different broadcasters too, right? Like Vol- Vulcan would have different announcers. No, I, I Billabong would have different announcers. Quicksilver would have different all, announcers. None of those guys were any, none of those, those guys were all terrible too. Sure, but at least terrible. you got you got different terrible. Uh, we can, we I, just I, think, the same I just want to give now. the WSL. I know that we're going to, you're going to do what you do, but I think the WSL does deserve credit for actually centralizing uh, the tour, not centralizing it, but for um, giving it a certain format. So when I tune into any one of the ten events, I kind of know where I am. And sure, I think, and I think that's important. And 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 you know the stream. Turn the mic, Tootie. The stream itself is is pretty good. I, 
the ASP would have sort of kept up technologically and probably may maybe been right where, where we are. But the WSL happened to be the organization that if you went back and looked at what we were watching five years ago, it would be a joke. But that's what everybody was watching. I mean, that was the, that was the, that was the so state of the art of that's, streaming. That's still a false equivalency, though, because uh, you have the uh, economies of scale of doing 100% of the contest during the year with the same equipment and the same staff. Right. And that's going to be more effective than leaving it up to the brands to come up with well, their own production. The quality of production, I think, is undeniably going to be better with some stuff. And, I, and I'm, not even, I'm not even saying we should go back to those days. I'm just saying... WSL, what I like about it, I suppose, is the centralized thing. Right. Even though it wasn't bad back in the day, it was just different. But what I hate about it is the WSL now realize that they cannot make money off surfing contests. What they need to do is make money off surfing. They need to own surfing, right? And so this is the goal. This is very clearly stated the mission of we will own surfing. We will own the entire thing. I say, fuck that. You never had it in the first place. I will not let you own it. And so all I have to do is destroy, right? Everybody else will create. Uh, and I, you know, I create my own weird little, alt, you know, universe of beach grit. And I guess not so little anymore, but that's what I'm doing. But my thing, my main thing is the, there does, doesn't need to be real solutions. You just don't get to own surf, surfing. And if for one second you think you can own surfing, this thing. Is that really, I, what is their mission statement? That's it. That's it. They realize, I think, very clearly that they, they cannot make money off professional surfing, but I think they think if we can sell all these HBO shows, all these Netflix stuff, if we can basically bring it all in, surfing's always been a sinking ship, right? And if we can basically cut people out, buy what works, put it under one roof, then we have a saleable commodity, which surfing is not a fucking saleable commodity. But who knows? So who knows if that, who's to say, does anybody really know that that isn't working? Is there... There's zero numbers. There's zero data to say how how it's working if or it, not working. If is it that, was if it was right? work if it was working, we'd hear about it. Like it's a I think it's a more a failure. I think the biggest point of of fact of of how it's a failure is the fact that they put uh, Kelly's Surf Ranch back on tour this year. Yeah. So that was geez, that was the only weird. There was a lot of weirdness in that thing, but that was... That's money-driven. A lot of this is money-driven. But it was a network financing. But that's not... They didn't, I don't think that made any money for them. And Fox, it didn't, but Fox they have has to, given them some money for this. Not for, It's not money-driven on the broadcast of it. It's money-driven on how are they going to sell something for $50,000 a day that they're not willing to throw a tour event at. This is, the, this is a loss leader for their business model going forward, which is the wave pool. Which So I haven't heard a rumor today. Here's a hot rumor. I'm going to put it on Beach Grit. You ready for this, David Lee Scales? Ready. You ready, Matt Warshaw? I am, yeah. Rumor. I'll hedge this with rumor. But <laughs> Eric Logan, ELO, president of content media studios and storytelling himself, did not want Surf Ranch back on tour. So now, sweet, we just, great. Wow. The, the surfers right. hate it. ELO, I think, <laughs> wants, to be, wants to be bros with the surfers, kind of, at some level. Realize there's no story to tell her. This thing is a utter failure in terms of storytelling, in terms of what comes out of there. Uh, nobody likes it. And again, rumor, but the brass above Elo said, nope, this the, is- The business needs it. Rammed it down his throat. Right. Rammed um, it down everybody's throat. Kevin, as a filmmaker, or not a filmmaker, but like a film film festival uh, host, whatever, I don't know what I'm saying. How do you feel about Elo's content? He's put out a ton of video content. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not here to necessarily defend the content and go, <laughs> I, I want you to know that I feel like Chaz's step from journalist to activism 
is a little hard for me because I love his skills as a journalist. And I feel like the if you're going to become an activist, you need to have a more clear agenda and attacking the content is understandable from like an Anthony Lane, New Yorker movie critic sort of standpoint. Like, I don't like this. I like that. Um, I would like to hear more of that. Um, and as far as defending e-logos, the guy, like you said, he just wants to be um, effective at his job. He wants to hire the right people. Um, he's tr he's done he's done his best to put the people in the positions to tell the stories. And all I'm getting from like, I want it to succeed. You of know, course. I love the yeah, contest at, yeah. at its core and the shoulder content, as we talked about, has been awful. You know, uninspiring. I don't know. It's I, awful. I've seen that's the transformed human thing. But Chaz like, hasn't even watched it. Let's get that. Okay, well, I, that's one I thing. I don't know. One minute of it. Like it's that, that terrible. That's my thing too. There's only so much time in the day. We talked about. There's so much good content out there. Why am I gonna? I'm gonna Instagram. Maybe I can barely get through 30 seconds of a mm. surf break uh, with yeah, yeah. Chris Cote or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Joe, you know. So it's that's just, either. That's I don't think that's necessarily WSL's problem. It's it's an attention span problem. No, 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 that's no. Not, no. That is the World Surf League's problem. You're watching. Many, you're watching I'll ten watch, hours of screen time a day, probably. I'll watch David Spade's exactly like little thing for one minute. You're right, but and you'll watch something on Netflix tonight, and you got you keep up on every HBO series. And you, so you're and, watching a ton, and you love yeah. surf. Like it should be an absolute no brainer that the World Surf, what the World Surf League. Yeah, again, my, I think my point is it's not to defend the shoulder content as much as it is to say the leap from journalism to activist should entail higher responsibility. Well, hold on, to, because but all you're doing I'm, is now tearing down Chaz. No, no. What's your no. recommendation for how Chaz should build? Yeah, he wants but, me but to be more serious. Know, I'm just before kidding. we go there, let's just I want to see what Charlie thinks about being called an activist or a journalist, because I, I, I don't think that's I don't think you're either of those things. I think that you are an entertainer. I mean, that, I mean, it's just like, oh, well, that's I mean, a good I would, point. Yeah. But I mean, there's, and again, I think I love it. I read it. He's dressed like a clown. So, <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't mean, in other words, we all know what journalism is, and that was never what you set no. out to do. And also, the, what, the, the activism you're doing is, I don't, you know, I'm sorry, uh, what did I just say? I'm an entertainer. It's more of, um, it's like kind of theater almost, like, uh, you know, like online theater. And it's great. It's, it does feel, does feel sort of semi political to me in a way. But it doesn't feel like activism. It's, it's always um, with a grin. It's always for fun. And there is something. I mean, when I talked about the book in the forward I did for your book, where I was saying this is a really funny book, but there's something underneath there that's really important, which is that surfing represents something that is being um, undermined by much of what's happening with WSL and other sort of. So there's a seriousness to that. But um, what do you do? What do you think of yourself? In terms how of, do you uh, identify? How do, I, how do you identify? <laughs> That's what I want. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to identify as activist now. I suppose. I think it's right. in order to as part of your theater. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like yeah, I'm gonna have to rally. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna get rallied if I. So funny, like I think I've done a and I guess Kevin again to your point, I've done a lot of sitting on the sidelines, and so this move into activism, I'm now putting my physical money. I don't have any actual money. So I'm putting my <laughs> my theoretical money where my mouth is. And like in a more theatrical way, yes, but in a way that I actually still believe in and, and want people to rally behind, right? Of like, this is not representative and WSL is not big enough, even halfway, but sure they have a billionaire behind them, right. but they're not big enough to actually make this move, right? And we could all sit on our hands and do nothing. 
and and or snipe and get ignored, right? But at some point, honest to goodness, we could get more people, I bet, picketing outside of a surf ranch event than actually inside watching the surf ranch event. Who cares about that picketing bullshit? I mean, you you talk that's about, funny. Uh, it, it's not that funny. It's it's honestly like you should you just said the only thing I've gotten out of this so far is you like the decentralized structure of the WSL better than the centralized. No, no, structure. I just I, so far in no, this no, conversation, I, just don't, I don't like their I don't like their storytelling. I think it's awful and shit. And I think what they should do is instead of trying to do it in house, actually figure the fuck out and go around to the people who have been in surfing forever and or are Pat fresh O'Connell, new voices. Chris Cote. I mean, they don't qualify. No. Well, no, they, it's not that they don't qualify. Is it, is it, they just got. Is it they're being muzzled? So, yeah. You know, Chris Cote. That's a valid I, point. I agree with that. Yeah. But. Charlie, one of the things you and I were talking about last night is, is, is uh, are you still trying to convince WSL to change course? Or do you think that you have to uh, get rid of the WSL and put in a new, put in something new so, with people who sort of get it? What I, think, I, I think those are two really different things. I think they completely do not understand. The WSL has no concept of how big and or passionate the real community right. is. And so there just straight up needs to be a show of force. And so, so what see, I... To, to what Kevin was just saying, so then Charlie's job, if, if Charlie believes that, and maybe all of us in this room do, mm-hmm. then 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 Charlie's job isn't done. You, that you you would say, okay, well, look, this has to... We need to think of what's next. Next. After this. Yeah, next. Like, it seems to me still that uh, you're not going to um, get very far trying to convince WSL to make better hires and put out better content. They're just... Not going to do it. They are what they are. So if we had if we had a protest, say at this next surf ranch, if we really built up to this, there was more people out, more surfers who drove to Lamore to picket than to go watch the event. Right. New York Times and everything would cover that. That would be the fact that a group of people revolted from the thing that was supposed to be representing them would be a very, very, very funny, I think, national story. And then the World Surf League would have to. What they do right now is just plug their ears. Right? They have. Right. Again, Dirk Ziff, they don't they want to think this is small. They want to think that which is why they've moved their entire model from okay, we're not going to try to appeal to surfers because who cares about surfers? We're going to try to get some other group to buy into this thing, right? I mean, that's the there's an exit on the horizon that they're thinking of precisely. Every business owner is always thinking 1000%, but that exit that exit uh is not about like it's surfers to them are just too small. But what if we show them we may be small, but we're bigger than you. To what end is but, is the point? What are you just, trying to do? Who knows? You want to you want to get Elo fired and then have some, them no. Dirk hire somebody else? No, no, no. I want to get I, no Elo's Elo's my stepping stone to Dirk. I want to take a fucking billionaire down. Okay, all right. So that is the end game for to me. Get rid of the owner of the current centralized WSL. So so that what happens. David Lee, that's your <laughs> Matt Warshaw. Who knows? Well, I mean, it's, that's yeah, other people. That's but, for but, other people in the real community. But just Scott Hewlett, that sort of play. Pesman. You know, let's just say that that Dirt said, I, I'm, "I've had enough of this. Um, this has been a thorn in my side for four or five years. I'm losing money. I'm stepping out." Who? There's you know who of who do we think would be a good person to replace him to rebuild? Brody Carr. Okay. Uh, Brody knows the thing. He's done it before. Like you get somebody like that. He's Brody Carr was a surfer surfer, right? And they need a surfer surfer back in there. And I know yeah. surfer surfers I've complained about <clears throat> before. You don't put a fucking surfer as a CEO of a company. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Right. But there's some that do, right? Like 
There is some surfers, surfers who have enough business sense. Or Kevin, for example. Kevin, you're a, <laughs> no. I mean, Kevin should be stinking CEO of the WSL. Right. Kevin is a surfer, surfer who also understands business. It's not like a weirdly impossible thing. And oh. those things can balance. It's just not Dirk Ziff. It's not Elo who has a giant altar to Laird Hamilton in his office. Right. It's not, these people just don't get it. They right. flat out do not get it. Yeah. I think there's been moments where, like Rabbit or maybe Ian Cairns even get involved in the get, organization. Get Ian back in there. And they have, no, no, no. they well, maybe not Ian's not the best example, but so we need a visionary. I feel like there's no visionary at the top who has like a real strong direction and understanding for where to take things. So you have a corporation with a bunch of different people making decisions in a boardroom who's making decisions. And that's just not a great way to run this business. It's a great way to run a lot of businesses, but with this, I think there needs to be a little bit more direction that is true to the nature of I mean, the, the act the, itself. Right. Like a makeup company or something. There's no passion behind makeup, right? It just is a product. It is what it is. And so you can have a room of people trying to figure out the best way to sell it. Yeah, Surfing is just different. It's more than makeup. And it's, so you need somebody who not only understands business, but understands surfing. And I, again, will say fundamentally, God bless Eric Logan. I mean, truly at a personal level, I'm sure he's a yeah, great family man and all of this stuff, but he's a fucking kook from Oklahoma who doesn't know the first thing about it and blew in from Oklahoma and then declared himself again, the real thing that kicked me over the edge. I mean, I get kicked over the edge fairly regularly, but the latest edge was that him calling himself a storyteller. And then he's going, you know, that's his thing. He tells stories. He's not, I mean, what story has he ever told? He was not a storyteller at Oprah. Like he was president of the Oprah network. He wasn't down in the trenches making stories. He was just, you know, doing the entire the high... success of Oprah's network is storytelling, but it's not, for, it's Oprah's storytelling. It's not his. Well, it's like, but I look mean, at it this way. Momentum generation could have been directed by a surfer, but they hired Mike and Jeff symbolists to come in and nail it. And they're not surfers. And so I think the entire theory on that was let's take somebody who's really good over here with this, who unfortunately posts way too many Instagram photos of himself, stand up paddleboarding. But if he, I mean, if, let's just imagine if he took that one piece of his public persona away and was just somebody who wanted to come in quietly, direct the storytelling and hire the right people and wasn't so in your face about it, would that be? No, he failed. I, I He's, already success, failed. He's already failed. Okay. The success of the momentum generation thing is that it wasn't about surfing. And it wasn't a failure. It was about inter, it worked. interpersonal connections. And Isn't that what shoulder content is I mean, that's what all of the WSL's no. content should be about other than the contest. The, the problem okay. is it's awful. Like I gave Elo, I gave Elo a good year run of not beating him up anymore and whatever. And he, the proof is in I the don't pudding. I remember what, that. Yeah, I mean, remember I really <laughs> went hard on his Instagram. Then we podcasted. I rolled over on my back. Yeah. And then I stopped. That wasn't a year. I mean, it was enough time for him to make the content that he was promising yeah. that he was going to yeah, make. Yeah, yeah. That is every piece of it is garbage, except for the accidental wonderful success of the Kelly Slater sound waves. So I, again, <laughs> I, I think that what the reality is, we all want the WSL and all the shoulder content to succeed and be great, but they're going, well, yeah. Hewlett, well, get Hewlett, Hewlett on the mic. Hewlett doesn't yeah, care. Hewlett hates right. the whole thing. Point that mic well, down no, at Hewlett and let him. Uh, Scott Hewlett in. hates but, professional surfing. But, well, I just don't care. It's not hate. I just uh, that's not the component of surfing that attracted me or our readers. But the do, journal. But don't you? Care. Aren't you interested in having more surf stuff to watch? No. 
You don't oh want any no. more surfing. Up, but no. that's, that's valid. He doesn't. That you, valid. Don't, you don't have no. to. I know it's valid. It's I want to hear him mind. tell it. It's over, oversubscribed. It's yeah. tapped out. It's everywhere. I don't want more. I feel guilty it, for making more. Really? In yeah. The, Epic. In whatever, whatever yeah. amazing, whatever best case scenario all of us could think up for a future WSL, there's going to be a big percentage of people like Scott that tune, that tune out. Here's just, right. Just the way I don't watch um, NFL. You know, I mean, you're, you're not going to get everybody. Yeah. It's, yeah, surfing for me was never, in our readership, has never been about a organization, contest, socias, hangouts, um, parties. It's a, So what is it know, about? It's for you. Personal. Scott, by the way, is with the Surfers Journal for listeners who are unaware. I think I think Scott Hewlett represents uh, the vast majority of what surfers. I, I so rarely hear somebody talking about a heat in the water. So rarely as to almost say never. I don't think surfers consume the product. Look at uh, this uh, film festival. How many pieces are about pro surfing? Zero. Totally. Zero. But, Rest my case. But here's the here's the other thing. Is I'm going to say your tribe of the selfish surfing's for me surfing is for us we should have something to have fun with as a i'm being semi-facetious here but that's what i love about uh world surf league and all this it gives me something to laugh at with derek riley with david lee with matt warshaw with kevin like there's the pro surfing thing as goofy as it is brings this kind of commonality to our because our own surfing, I think you're exactly, surfing is so, damn it, when did it get so precious to me? When, why? I mean, I think You don't have to watch it. You can turn it off. You, you well, don't. No, no, but well, that's the fun no, part. That's but the, Charlie, that's I the think fun Charlie's part. point or, is, my, my, uh, is, my, that, is that at some, at some level, we do want it. So I agree with you. Like when I'm surfing, especially, me, me, me. Precisely. Meddling. But uh, <laughs> and, and it used to be in the old days that when we went to a surf movie, which is partly what's happening here with this, there are certain places, certain spheres where it's fun to congregate. And, and, and to me, it's never been in the water or or in the beach. But um, that's exactly what a surf I'm, movie. But also WSL for me, absolutely or, or sur pro and, and surf so, contest. So uh, certain some of the pro contests, not all of them, because if contest shitty enough, everyone just scatters. But on some of the good ones, when I open a window on the, the beach grit um, comments thread. And it's everybody just sitting there throwing peanut shells at the screen. It's and so much stuff. fun, and it's it's that doesn't feel corporatized at all. That that to me is taking this thing that they're putting out there and flipping it to our own use. That's and, and that's and that's great. That feels organic, and it feels sort of like what it felt like to be in an audience at, uh, at the Santa Monica Civic for the Five Summer Stories uh, de you know, debut. So that's you know. I mean, that's, again, I talk, like I agree with you, Scott, entirely. My surfing is so precious to me, and I'm frustrated how precious, precious it is to me, but it's so precious that I never really want to talk about it. What I can talk about with, and that we all have a shared understanding of, is the tour, right? Right. Like, we can talk about all of these other surfers. That's the value for me. And also, let it just, to, let it, I, I've never gotten much, since I've been a little kid, value out of talking about how great surfing is, because what a wank what a wank that is, right? I mean, and, and so, so much, you know, the wall of positive noise, but also just the, um, it, it ought to be sort of a heckling 
thing that isn't about how great it is and how lucky we are and how it's we all know that that's sure. that's just that's just baked in um so i always thought the you know the fun the really fun part of of surfing and i did, picked up on this when i was really little was all this stuff that's happening off sort of on the sides which is showcased greatly through film and surf film is something that i grew up with and loving and then i feel like it kind of disintegrated for the last decade or so and kevin you guys are responsible for helping revive it at least in my awareness that's you why know, i invited you to join the jury because i heard you shit talking movies and i was like he just doesn't know he hasn't watched movies lately we need to get him plugged and, in and honestly to even, a movie setting like on the big screen and even still stuff flies way under my radar. And I feel like because of the podcast, I'm fairly dialed in. And then you guys send me a list of stuff that came out in the last year. And I go, I haven't even heard of any of Isn't this. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. I mean, yeah. I'd heard of two of the movies in this year's slate and they're all like truly exceptional. I mean, they're, it's a well curated film festival. They're all truly exceptional pieces. And That's it's crazy that you, as I'm you, I mean, I'm in the surf every day. It's all I do. And yeah, don't that's know that's what Atlantic Center for the Arts set out to do is give a give a place for early to mid career artists to work on their craft. And now here I am going, oh, well, that makes sense. Why don't I do that for early to mid career surf movie filmmakers who are just trying to uh, Which, make a story for for us? And that's a lot. Those are a lot of the best movies that get shown out here, I think. Who's your who's your biggest break? Which like unknown artist have you shown here that went on to become surf cinema royalty with driving Maybox and yeah, we're seven, we're seven years in and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it was cool to see Joseph Ryan's fish documentary make it onto Netflix, anything, you know, cause that was kind of a first for us to see a feature that got voted best documentary and then get a, a wide release on a digital platform. Because I think prior to that, most everything we were showing was so endemic that it was like not making it out there. Anyway. Is it on Netflix except for now? maybe iTunes? Yeah, I think so. I think it, I don't know if it still is, but it definitely is available out there. But it, it was, uh, you know, it highlighted what happened in the 90s with everybody trying to ride a little potato chip instead of actually concentrating on what would be better for their surfing. And so what fish was kind of the root of you know, what, more what, foam. what would be the like a career highlight? Like if a movie that premiered here won an Oscar, would you be I mean, like for for the surf festival circuit, is that a number one? No, I don't care about that. I just like the younger guys making, um, putting them in front of an audience like tonight or tomorrow night, we might have somebody who's just made their first feature link documentary receive an award that they consider somewhat valuable. And that that's, it's easy to please me on that front. I don't have like the whole, you know, the, the hope is that you guys show up and the fans show up and then we all have a good time. And that's like, where, so this, I'm saying that I have a hard time finding all of this stuff or it just doesn't come across my radar for all the listeners who feel the exact same way that I do. Where do they find surf films nowadays? We archive all of our selection selections on our website. So you can always go there and find but, the title. But, but all the they years. can find yeah. the title, but Including where winners. can they watch them? It's a Google search away usually. Okay. And a lot of this stuff is for free on Vimeo, but like, Folks like Nathan Oldfield will charge you three or four bucks to rent Church of the Open Sky, one of the best soundtracks of any surf movie, by the way. I love that movie, too. So, you know, you get a lot of the uh, distribution is self, sort of self-made through Vimeo and other outlets, iTunes. You want to so, give Ira Opera a shout out, too? Yeah, of course. I mean, the subscription is so cheap. I think it's $7 a month. And uh, while he could definitely use a boost in content, um, a lot of... The, 
people that do license their content are restricted. So we can't get Kai Neville yet or, you know, something like that. But over the course of time and over the last two years, especially, he's brought on a great library, especially, you know, like I recorded all of the old surfer magazines from high school on VHS mm -hmm. and would watch them. Stuff. And it was phenomenal. And he did all those. What's Ira's business? Sorry. What's Ira's business? Oh, he founded and surf network curated the surf network uh, library and it's $7 a month. And it's and an add on on Amazon. I think too, you could. Oh, add. nice. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, can we give a shout out to Ira for um, taking on Mickey Doran, kicking his ass in court? Oh my Charlotte? goodness. Yeah. Right. I love that. I don't Ira know offer. the story. Um, Beach Grid. Well, the story, Beach Grid. the story is that Ira made a movie called legends of Malibu that had, um, is that how it went down? Was it Legends, Legends of, Malibu? of Malibu? And it I think. used Mickey Dora's name, talked about Dora, and had some footage of Dora. And Dora said, You guys didn't get permission from me to do this. Um, I should be paid or something like that. And um, Ira said, No, you're a public figure. And it went to it went to court and I did it go to the Supreme Court? It went to the it went to the highest circuit court in California. Like it was a, it was a real serious, it was a big deal case. And, and you know, there's still, there's still things that people can do now with regard to making documentaries that they can do because Ira took on Mickey Dora and mm. won. Yeah, no, it was an epic, an epic case. Oh, did you, you should go read Beach did you write it? Did you write about it recently though? Or was it like two, about, three weeks ago, ago or something? David Jeez, Lee, I'm also it. a surf journalist. You I forget. I sorry, I forgot. I'm not forgot. just an activist. Your Instagram <laughs> handle reminds so me every time. You, you moonlight as an activist. Do you moonlight as a journalist or you moonlight as an activist? I think I'm moonlighting as an, as an activist right now. And then I also moonlight as a journalist. So I I have a couple of side gigs. I don't know what my Bartender. real- Bartender. Yeah, I don't know what my real- Bartender during our podcast. <laughs> well, um, to lighten the mood, since we're in Florida, we're going to play a game today. It's called Florida Man. And- I sadly, Scott, I didn't know. I thought you were taking a nap when I texted you. I never heard back from you. Yeah. So I didn't get your birth date, but I got everybody else's in the room. So the way that Florida man plays is you type words. I'll take another one too, Chaz. Um, you type the words Florida man into Google with your birth date and Google automatically generates a headline as Google does from that date. So I put Kevin's birthday in. And it, the first headline that popped up randomly was Florida man cited after authorities found an illegally poached gator foot stuck in his dashboard. I thought you were going to say stuck in his anus, which would have been. <laughs> that would have been Germany, man. <laughs> Chaz, Florida man claims to be Alice in Wonderland, claiming to be Alice in Wonderland, says hookah smoking caterpillar told him to destroy liquor store with a forklift. How <laughs> That's that, good. that could, that could literally not be more apt. That yeah. is like the metaphor. As, for as my, Charlie's making a drink. That, that, that's that, what, <laughs> that is honestly my, the metaphor for my attack against the WSL right there. There you go. Uh, Matt Warshaw, Florida man shot and killed brother over cheeseburger. I'm sorry, Chris. My, <laughs> Chris my is he into cheeseburgers? He is. Yeah. There you go. Chili cheeseburgers. My there brother. Yeah. And mine is Florida man arrested for shooting cat with crossbow, which so, would take an accurate shot. What do you think out of, out of a hundred Florida man stories, how many involve Thank you. Uh, alligators? Uh, 38%. That's I was going to say 30%. Yeah. Yeah. 50% involve guns. Yeah. I'd yeah. Say, right? I'd say, well, crossbows. Five, You're no, underestimating no. crossbows. Yeah. Strip clubs. 
Yeah. Strip clubs for sure. Five percent. Yeah. I think there's, if we drew a Venn diagram with strip clubs, crossbows, gators, it would all, yeah. Yeah. I don't think domestic violence. There's, there's when you're going over the bridge to then you're on Flagler and then you're going to make a left to go to the beach. The store on the right says meth something it's like or it's cormeth boutique boutique but it's but the, differently yeah and the leaf or the whatever bush covers up core so it just says meth boutique i took a photo <laughs> of it the other day hey, which is very florida we're also joined by john brooks who's also the other co-founder of the florida surf film festival and i wanted Jump. to ask do you guys is it um you're putting on a happy a happy brave face right now but does it bother you when we talk about florida man like is that insulting for you guys no, it's just the United States was shaken very hard and all this that, shit went to the bottom. So, so that wasn't for me. That was we, from Kevin. Yeah, no, no, we, we, we embrace it. Yeah. You do. You do. Florida, Florida is the taint of America. John, <laughs> <laughs> from the drawing that I have that I like to send around to anybody who ever talks about Florida, it's actually the shaft. I'll show you that. I know. I know. It. I've, I've seen it. I know the drawing. Yeah. The drawing is so good. Uh, John, I don't know if this is a violation of company policy, but if you can retell the story from the last night that you worked, oh yeah, I listeners would love it. And I don't think Wait, Chaz has heard. Is it going to involve gore? Because too many no, of John's no, stories no, involve no, gore. No, this is a happy one, and this it's is a right, full Florida one. man story. Yeah, all right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I work in emergency services. Super vague. And uh, we got called out to a nursing home facility uh, in the middle of the night, which we often do. And when we got there, uh, there was a gentleman there, 400 pounds, every, every single pound of 400 pounds, laying on the floor beside the bed. So we, call, we have to call an additional unit to, to get him up off the floor. So you're we, ripped. So we get, yeah, I'm super strong for being <laughs> five foot three. And... Uh, so we get this guy up off the floor and we're going to temporarily position him on the side of the bed before we transfer him to the stretcher. And when we set him on the side of the bed, he sits unwittingly to all of us on his remote control. And at the end of his bed on the wall on his 60 inch flat screen, his porn comes up in <laughs> like right in the middle, like maybe even like at the end. I mean, right. we're, yeah, we're dangerously close to uh, the money. Shot. Yeah. Yeah. The money shot for sure. And so immediate, and it's at full volume and everybody starts looking for the remote. Nobody can find the remote. The guy himself is like, what is happening? Who turned that on? Is this on? my room? You know? <laughs> and then somebody finds a remote on the nightstand and you know, pushing every button and they're like, this isn't the right remote. You know? Everybody's panicking. One of the, uh, one of the crew members from the other agency turns and looks at me as I slide into the recliner and gently cross my legs. And he just looks at me, he doesn't say anything, but he looks at me with this look of like, how are you not panicking? And I just gave him a wink and said, already seen this one. <laughs> so the dude fell out of the chair because he was beating it too hard. Out of his bed. Out of his bed. Out of his bed. Because he was yeah. beating it. You know what would have been yeah. awesome if, if, is if you looked on the screen and noticed that it was one of your ETM buddies on screen. Like that was <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was he watching? What was his brand? Oh, it was good. It was, um, <laughs> it was good. Janice Griffith. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Okay, so just normal oh, vanilla male on female yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. Interestingly enough, not an overweight guy. 
Very interesting. <laughs> so he likes to. Here's my here's my big question with Pornhub or other porn porn sites. It operates like YouTube, where there's a thumbs up and a thumbs down button. These are human beings watching pornography for free, uh, watching a runaway take it in. Yeah, what? Pushing the thumbs down button? <laughs> what the heck? Like, how ungrateful are you to where you're gonna thumbs down it? When your previous generations had to set up a real projector, like wait till your parents are gone for eight hours because you got to get the reel to reel out and like set up a sheet to broadcast it on. And now it's a touch of a button away and you can watch anything that you want. And yet they all have thumbs downs. <laughs> what the heck? That is an ultimate indignity. And for the young runaway who's then watching her video later going, <laughs> what the heck? Like people didn't like that I could do this. Like, like this? Yeah, what the heck, man? How is there not a Florida porn film festival right now? Oh my goodness. You want to diversify? You're the yeah. business. Come on, you're Kevin. The, you're totally the businessman, Kevin. Totally good. Thank you. I'm totally fine. Come on, Kevin. Said. Uh, by the way, this is a perfect time to segue to our sponsor, manscaped.com. Oh yeah. Who, uh, if you use our promo code surfing, not only do you get the precision engineered tools for your family jewels, but you also support this show, which is the most important thing. So 20% off plus free shipping. Chaz, did you prepare I got one for a you. segment of Love Hurts? I got one for you. All right. Love Hurts presented by Manscaped. David Lee. So chat for everybody in the room who doesn't listen to our podcast, which is everybody in the room. Uh, dating advice provided by Chaz and David. David Lee. Yes, sir. Walk into a room. Yep. Beautiful woman. Okay. Gorgeous. David Lee straight for the listeners. FYI. Straight and single. Yeah. Straight and single. So this is not trying to be a, what, a exclusive anti-homosexual anything. This is no, this is just, I can't put like weird stuff. To, no, I mean, oh, I just wrecked it. I called homosexuality weird. Right I'll there. cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally will I not mean, cut it. David Lee is just a straight white male. Let's just call him an attractive human being. Yeah, I like Matt's description. He's another best. attractive human being. Go on, Matt. Okay, okay. This could we could go here. We could go here. You at know, a surf uh, film festival. One. In this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're at the surf. We're at the Florida tonight. surf film tonight. We're yeah. at the Florida surf film festival. You see a beautiful person standing up against the wall. Beautiful face. Beautiful hair. Beautiful figure. Mm -hmm. Beautiful mm -hmm. stylish clothing. You get up close, you hear some conversation, witty, funny, like sharp as a tack, great legs. You go down, hideous feet. Are you swipe right, swipe left? Plow, like, plow. Pl I mean, sorry, plow right or plow left. Like, and I'm by hideous feet, I'm meaning not just like manicured and stuff, but like one toe is like big toe is crazy long or middle toe is crazy long or just you know you know those feet like a real are you, are you, are you talking about a birth defect or just just nappy no no toes? i'm talking about naturally okay. naturally horrible feet like what no where is she wearing okay. she's wearing unfortunately in this scenario she has to be wearing open an open toe sandal but let's say she's wearing an <laughs> open toe right. heel even she's not in birkenstocks i've thought long and hard about this um it all comes down to hygiene for me so if she's hygienic, but she has freaky feet, I'm in. Really? A plow right. You're plowing right on freaky feet. Plow right. I'm in room 12. Here's my key. Really? Yeah. But, okay, here's the thing. Have you, have you. I'll give you a foot massage when you get back. Have you dated 
or been in a long-term relationship with a woman with ugly feet? I have not, no. All your partners. But here's the thing. Yeah, the, all of them have had normal feet, but here's the thing. I've never even thought about it until you just brought it up right now. That's not a fetish of mine. I'm not saying, I'm not fetishizing it. But people do. Uh, like, Or obviously. people add extra weight to that category. I, I just, I... Oh, I, I have... I heavily weight feet. Really? Heavily. I, I knew this had to do with you somehow. Yeah. Not on a not on a fetish. This felt level. like a mirror. You can see that spinning back, coming back around like a not, Yeah, not, it really was. Not not on But a, what if one foot is thirteen <laughs> centimeter one toe is thirteen centimeters? Not on a fetish level. Just But she only trims once a week. I, I'm just purely saying Hey you, Jody. Hey, Jody. A, hey, hi Jody. Hi Jody. Hey Jody. Matt Matt Warshaw's wife just gave a quick call in. Oh man, we could almost have would Jody curious what her policy on feet is? Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's let's get it from Jody right here. Put her on speaker. Should I? Yeah. Sure. Okay, hold on. You got to Jody. Ask, you got to pro- propose the question to her, Matt. No, I'm no, going to propose it. It's not going to work. Okay. Oh, damn it. Right, I would have been Yeah. Does she have a foot fetish? Will she uh, rub your feet? Can I Can I flip this a little bit? Flip this script real quick to get in a, Yeah. Um this is going to be a, t- a TMI thing, but when Jody and I got married 15 years ago, um when I was surfing daily in San Francisco in in booties that were absolute health hazards, you know, just in terms of how funky they were. And um, I got married with feet that were indescribably ugly because of um, but, <clears throat> nail fungus. But all sure, nail fungus is gross. I so can, what I'm saying what I'm saying is that is that Jody, I already know what Jody would say, which was she would say it doesn't it's, it's okay. But that's but is Joe is Jody back? No. You could take Damn it. Off. Uh, but I'm saying what I'm saying is nail fungus and that kind of stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking you. about bone ugliness. You're like, talking about hammer toe. Have you I'm seen talking nail about fungus. Yeah. What it looks like? I'm sure that's ugly, but I'm talking <laughs> that's about that's a different segment. Okay, and this nail fungus is not genetic. I'm talking about genetic like bummers in the feet. Where like I think bunions or something. But or? no, no, no. Because bunions. I'm not saying I'm in. I wouldn't consider it. But you laid out a perfect human being. Yeah. And then happens to have funky feet. I'm fine with that. So what I'm going to tell you, David David Lee, if you fall in love with this woman, you marry her over time, you're going to be, you will divorce her eventually because of her ugly feet. No, you would, not David. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Jeez, I'm disappointed in what you think of me. Um, All right. I'm telling you. All right. tonight, hopefully she's wearing closed-toed shoes. I mean, hopefully. So that nobody's offended. Yeah. Uh, Feet are important, listeners. Yeah. Love hurts. Plow right. Great. Plow right. The reason why we're plowing right is because Manscaped's finest product is the Plow 2.0. The straight razor. I was explaining to Matt last night. I gave him some David crap. Lee, I was David Lee shaves his balls with the straight razor. I know. Not just the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I was explaining to Matt. I gave him a hard time like, oh, Matt could really use some Manscaped product. Matt walks up to me. He's like, I'm offended, dude. You don't know me. You don't know my. You don't know my policy. <laughs> what is your policy? No, I'm, I'm not, it's, it's like it's a little. It was it was it was hard enough for me to come up and have the discussion with you. Oh, okay. Now in front of uh, dozens of listeners. No, for Sorry. the paltry sum they pay us, we really <laughs> shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Anyways, Manscaped. Support the show by supporting Manscaped.com. Twenty percent off promo code Surfing, and uh, you get free shipping too. Uh, I got a barrel or not to close us out. So Flor- excited. Florida edition. But wait, though, shouldn't we go to, even though we just did a manscape, shouldn't we go to commercial break real quick? I think we should before, because the 
everybody wants barrel or not. Yeah. So they're forced to stick around for commercials. I'm so excited to hear what this is. I know. All right. Well, cutting to commercial, we'll be back with barrel or not. Hiring for a small business is critical. It's imperative that you find a highly qualified professional to treat and grow your business with the same care and detail that you do. LinkedIn Jobs will be your next big unlock. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team fast and for free. Everybody is already on LinkedIn with their resume and their references. So the fact that LinkedIn built a hiring platform to connect the dots between everything is simple genius. It's way more sophisticated than a job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set, desire, ambition, all in an effort to help us advance our position. And it's easy to use and intuitive. So effective that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Fast hiring solutions means achieving your goals in record time with rapid growth in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs will even help you write the job descriptions and give you tools and prompts to help you interview your candidate like a pro. LinkedIn.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. And you can let the world's largest social network of business professionals work to connect you with the ideal candidate to help you grow your business. That is LinkedIn.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Chaz, we're back. I can't believe Laird Hamilton snuck into our podcast. Dude, I couldn't believe you when you told me that. What the hell? They So what was the ad that they ran? It was some fucking stupid shit of Laird promising some random other thing Is that wasn't creamer. Mor- mortgages? It wasn't creamer. It was basically <laughs> basically mortgages. It was it was Laird promising to make your life better somehow. Yeah. Where it again it was not related to any one of the hideous products he's already foisted upon the world. It wasn't selling Sups, wasn't selling creamer, non-dairy creamer. Imagine that. Laird Hamilton went out and thought what this world needs is no, he didn't. a better non-dairy creamer. No, a turmeric creamer company said, hey, Laird, you're our spokesperson. <sighs> but I love that our ad agency's algorithm is so sophisticated that they placed Laird on our show. That's true. Because other times it's like fidelity.com or, Ooh. you know. What is, oh, that's a brokerage. <laughs> Yeah. Kevin. Yeah. It's going to, that's, we're going to get fucking fidelity on this show just because we had a stock. Just because we I mean, said a, the word. Just because we had an they accountant on the show. <laughs> uh, well, anyways, we're going to close out with a Florida edition of Barrel or Nah. The way that Barrel or Nah works, Matt Warshaw, yeah. Yeah. who's never listened to an episode, is barrel means you're into it. Mm-hmm. This thing's awesome. Mm-hmm. Nah means definitely not into it. Are we going to go? So again, just to, I hate to lengthen the show any longer than it is, but in the room we have Matt Warshaw, the world's greatest and only surfing historian. We have Scott Hewlett, the best editor that the Surfers Journal has ever had. Uh, we, ha- we, we have John Brooks, co-founder of the Florida Surf Film Festival and enjoyer of porn rescuer on the job. Rescuer <laughs> of 400-pound men. And we have Kevin Miller. Miller. Sorry, I totally, <laughs> I had it there. It was right there. Uh, we have Kevin Miller, the co-founder of the Florida Surf Film Festival and 
Worshipper of ELO. Worshipper of the World Surf League's <laughs> cutthroat business model. Okay. So the, we're going to go all the way around. So there's going to be a lot of barrels or knobs here. You can give it a barrel or not and provide a description of why right. you feel the way you do, if you care to. Florida edition. Matt Warshaw, barrel or not, face tattoos. Not. Sorry, Charlie. You gotta is, that, is that considered face? That's next. No, no, that's a necker. Yeah, don't you worry. But I'm going face. No, so well, that you can not apologize at, to me now. We'll come around yeah. to you at the end. Scott Hewlett, give somebody barrel, give him a microphone. Barrel, barrel all the way. You're going for barrel for face tattoos. Yeah. Explain all yourself. Just uh, for entertainment. Not for me, for you. Okay. If you encountered a face tattoo, male or female, are you going to engage with that human being? Absolutely. Okay. What's, what are you going to ask? Must know the story. Okay. Must. Okay. There's no intimidation? You're not concerned about no. them being offended no, and then no. shanking you? No, they're asking for interaction. Okay. John Brooks, barrel or not, face tattoos? Barrel, all the way. Why? Commitment. Anybody that takes that kind of commitment for whatever it is they put on their face, I got to know the story. I feel like you treat your body like a temple. Do you have any tattoos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. There you Tons. go. Okay. Yeah. What do they represent for you? Um, these ones under my arms are, uh, com it's like a combination of tattoos my grandfather's had. They were both in the Navy. So they're, it's a bunch of Navy tats that I just put together into one. Sentimental. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hewlett a... pointed down at his junk when we were talking about tattoos. Scott, what do you got? <laughs> what are you rocking down there? Well, this can be presented by Manscaped as well. <laughs> Hard pass. Okay. <laughs> really? Hard pass? <laughs> Midday with a bunch of dudes in the room? That's cool. Whatever you're into, man, it's cool. No judgment. Uh, Kevin? Barrel, I'm not going to judge. That's fine. Go for it. Whoa. I feel like Kevin came on here and he just gained so many fans for the Florida Surf. I'm not an ELO worshiper for the record. I want to go down. I want to fuck. I've been walking back this. I've been thinking about this for 45 seconds, just fuming. There's no way. Like, okay, fact of the matter is I want the WSL to succeed. I don't care who's in charge. The fact that they hired Oprah's henchman or is, I don't even know. You don't have to backpedal that hard. No, I've seen you putting hearts on his Instagram in the comments every time you post. Yeah, exactly. No, I uh, I would honestly like uh, a more respectable, um, less uh, hoard out version of the WSL. Not an ELO fan necessarily, but oh, I no. do respect anybody who's hired to do a job and tries to execute it. And uh, if he is failing with good, you know, constructive criticism of why he's failing, I would love to. Uh, what if you got have, a face tattoo? If Elo got a face tattoo, I would think he's just trying too hard, right? I mean, come on. Which oh, yeah. he is already be. Would be a rubble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be in line, right? Yeah. So, of course, I'm in line. I've gone the neck, right? And to JB's point, John's point, uh, ultimate commitment on the face. At first, when I got my neckers tattoos, I thought, this taps me out of the earning market. So now I have to <laughs> live on my wits. <laughs> slash beach grit <laughs> and uh how's that working out for you uh, yeah, <laughs> and then but then i thought think no you know a, a neck tattoo is not the end a face tattoo so i will end with a face tattoo and what i've been thinking lately you know the teardrop jail tattoos yeah where you've killed somebody yep uh no, no no teardrop is from how many years you've been in prison i thought it was how many people you killed 
Scott, I have to I like agree with Chaz on that. It is. Oh, yeah. each tier is one year in no. prison. No, no, no because no. then you people would have like 30, no. 30 no, like teardrops. Girl, the girl does that for how many years her, <laughs> her, 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 her man yes. or woman. Right. No judgment. So what I want to do is get one surf industry logo as a teardrop, <laughs> but I don't know which brand to choose. Uh, so but so last time this, this came up in conversation, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. a buddy of mine who has a brand called Pure Kai, yeah. which is like yoga slash surfing, yeah. oh he it's emailed me. He's like, what's the price? Oh, why didn't you for See, that's the thing. I put it out there in a show that I would get a surf industry brand tattoo and I didn't hear it was crickets. He's listening right now. So I will. But he doesn't Follow want up. he doesn't want his Olakai uh Purikai. <laughs> He's already getting ad advertising right now. I mean that's sweet. I mean Yeah, it, but he does want it tattooed on your But body. what if I was gonna get a teardrop just to represent it almost is tear shaped. The death of the surf I know that one is. His logo is. But his wouldn't be representative of the death of the surf Why industry. Why wouldn't you put the SEMA logo? Does SEMA have a logo? Isn't it just SEMA? Maybe they don't have a logo. Yeah, I don't think they have a logo. Well, they do. It's a big sans serif uh, fascist looking. Oh, I'm in. I am in. That's it. The SEMA logo. Yeah, but, all right. but it's also going to be listener. If the listeners have what teardrop tattoo I should put on my eye. Like, I mean, the, yeah. the Cersei needs to do some jail time. And then, and then I can start doing teardrops for each year. <laughs> um, this needs to be, you need to update his entry on Encyclopedia of Surfing, by the Who way. Who here I do. has been in jail? Not I. That's a real bummer. No. Scott yeah. Hewlett. Oh, yeah. Scott Hewlett. Yeah. Dude, you cannot yeah. offer that up without yeah. telling yeah, the story. In two countries. No. Okay. Which countries and why? United States of America for a failure to appear. And then in uh, Mexico for a contraband. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what year? What year was this? Uh, the U.S. Um, eighty-one, Mexico, uh, eighty-four, and eighty-seven. Wow. <laughs> what? What would? What did you fail to appear about? Uh, traffic oh, violation. Minor. Yeah, but they they'll take you in for that. Yeah, bummer. Do you want to know what I was doing in eighty-one? By the way, just um, off topic. Yeah. Yeah, that was my birthday. <laughs> we were a bunch of us were skateboarding a swimming pool in Santa Monica in '76, and we'd all gone one friend's car had a driver's license, and the rest of us weren't old enough to drive. And it was this funky; it wasn't even a very good pool. There were eight of us, and the cops showed up, and they took us all to I don't know what's that jail? What's just the holding cell? What's that called? When they but I was put into a cell at 16 with a bunch of other 16 year olds. And we had to wait there for, all of our parents had to come from, like, so for me it was from, it was. No, no, it was like the locals, you know, Santa Monica, whatever they, where do they put people, like what's the holding cell or something? That's jail, dude. Yeah, you've been in jail, Warshaw. Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Warshaw, street cred through the roof. That's called juvie. All right. Were you uh, with Jay? I love it. Oh, I was in, I was in there. It's so weird how perfectly this segues with my exact next barrel or not. All right. Florida edition. Breaking. This is straight from a headline, by the way. Breaking into jail to hang out with friends. This guy did this. That's a, that's a, we're, we're going to, that's a stand up chopu, a hand dragging barrel right 100%. there. 100%. You don't get more a like core with your bros. 
or just like ready to get her. I mean, yeah. Well, that's the ultimate. Let me ultimate think if I would break into jail to hang out with any of you guys in here. No, we said your friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say, what is it again? No, no barrel, barrel or not? Not barrel. I would, I would no. say to break into a women's facility. Oh, <laughs> barrel. The guy with the li- the fewest minutes on mic has revealed the most about himself somehow. But, but that's, Scott, that's yeah. Scott Hewlett all the way. Yeah. yeah. You know. So female facility, yeah, barrel. All the way. That you would go that hard for a little bit of action. Well, if it's Personal female enough. female prisoner action, I mean, come on, how many movies? How, what's the average age of your listener? Because that used to be a movie thing, like a, you know, female prisoners. Well, yeah. I guess no. Orange is the new black still is. No, you know? there's websites dedicated to it as well. All right. Barrel Kevin. And John. Yep. Breaking into prison. To hang with your friend. To friends. hang with a friend. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm an accountant. I'm conservative. You uh, got a family to consider. I mean, liberally, politically, but uh, conservative when it comes to breaking the law. Yeah. I'm barrel all the way. I'm with Chaz. Like, dude, that's your boys. Totally yeah. That's that's the best headline that you could ever create for your legacy. Yeah. 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 Broke into prison. I, hang if with I was sitting in prison, I would be hoping that some of my friends would be wanting to break in and hang out with yeah. me. Yeah. Absolutely course. epic. It's not going to be me or Kevin. Though. No. Yeah. <laughs> Good find, David Lee. Do you like that one? Yeah, I like that one. Thanks. Uh, final barrel or not, Florida edition, using a rifle to shoot down a hurricane. It also, from this is a legitimate Done it. Florida. No, no. I, 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 <laughs> done it. <laughs> That's a residential overtones. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to go just to keep my no barrel trifecta going. So I'm going to say no. Matt, Matt Warshaw never did not get barreled today. No, no I did not. No, I've never Sad. also never shot a gun. Whoa, not, not even really? a gun. Do you have any desire to? No. Mm. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Great fun. Every, uh, I'm guessing I'm looking around here. Everyone in this room has shot a gun, but me. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up shooting guns. This week, multiple gun. Yeah, most weeks. <laughs> what? Do you, give him the mic. Give him the mic. Scott. What? Scott. No where are you shooting? Barrel, no barrel. What were you shooting that? a gun at? Um, at a fence post last uh, week. That you had a beef with? No, like, no. We're we're getting ready for a turkey next uh, week. Okay. Yeah. Where are you gonna? Where are you? Palomar Mountain, California. Nice. Yeah. So nice. you're gonna go hunt the turkey? Yes. Yeah. Stinkin' Scott Hewlett. I mean, I knew that Scott Hewlett was a legend for a long time. No, no, but it's totally true. It's totally true. It's Scott and but came in the show, uttered what, 35 words. Each one was the just a bomb that blew up. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not kidding. Yeah. And uh, subscribe to the Surface Journal, everyone. I was gonna say, Scott, how can people find you, man? Can we follow your Twitter feed so you, that you can like you tell them? Yeah, so subscribe to the Surface <laughs> Journal. Surface Journal yeah, yeah, is yeah. honest to goodness art. Yeah. All right, John Brooks shooting a hurricane with a rifle. Nah, not it, going for it. Does, it doesn't work. Tried it. The hurricane still comes. Yep. Bummer. Your aim is off. I think that's probably you didn't hit the heart. Yeah. You got to if you're going to shoot at a hurricane, uh, you eye. have to hit right eye. in the eye. Yeah. Shooting the neck. <laughs> you missed. It, it's got to be frustrating if you're in the middle of a hurricane. If you think Cat Five, Bahamas, and all that, I say fucking a, do it, shoot the gun. Okay. You, you sympathize so with the hurricane? Anything? Yep. It's got to be a rage release. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, so, so you think that's the, 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 the stress release? Anger. Right. Anger. Deep. Man, Kevin. I'm learning a, a lot about Kevin too. I'm a. I'm like a way 
if Mavericks barreled, Mavericks doesn't barrel. It does. It doesn't. It's a seen stupid. Healy get barreled on the left. Healy. <laughs> that guy. Tell him uh, to hit that gork and flip at Mavericks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll be in then. Yeah, no, that was I'm lame. A, he should have barrel rolled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a big stand-up barrel, roof dragon barrel on the shooting at a hurricane. Where does the bullet come down? That's the that's what the point. What if it gets whipped around in the hurricane? That's the best part. Is Arabs anytime there's a good celebration, people pop their guns off in right. the air, so, love yeah, it, love it, love it, love it, and somebody Eventually. inevitably gets hurt and. That's the price of fun, man. Yeah. Yes. You don't have fun unless somebody has the okay. possibility of getting hurt. Okay. Uh, Kevin is exiting the room. Thank you. FloridaSurfFilmFestival.com. Thanks, guys. Quarterly, yeah, guys. quarterly screenings. Yes. All right. All right. We're looking forward to the party. Before we get off the air, though, I'm going to ask Matt Warshaw, and I'm going to film it for Instagram. So <laughs> prepare for what you don't know you're going to prepare for. I need a 15-second elevator speech for why people should subscribe to the EOS. It's Fund Drive Month and uh, Encyclopedia of Surfing. EOS.surf is surfing's greatest historical resource. Why should people subscribe for $3 a month to the EOS? I'm gonna save, I'm gonna save a bunch of surf history stuff, uh, magazines, film, digitize all that stuff and keep it in, uh, in our, in our uh, sphere. But subscribe for the Sunday joint. So every Sunday I send out a newsletter and it's worth reading and um, it's, it's fun and, and it's, it's got links to the site. And um, if you don't like it, I will refund every penny. Is there a joint smoked when either writing or reading the Sunday joint? No, I, I drink a Manhattan Perfect. when I make the Sunday joint. The Sunday joint actually means... Um, it comes from a, uh, it's a big meal that you would have after church on Sunday. And you'd go and you would eat a, a joint of a, uh, a boar, a, a joint of beef or something. So it was sort of joint as it, it's a, got a three levels of meaning. Um, gotcha. Joint, the beef, and then also a, like a juke joint. Gotcha. What do you think, Chaz? Should people sign up? Oh my goodness. If uh, people should sign up purely, purely if you care about surfing at all. I mean, that's the real dang truth is the... Yeah. What the, I love about this era is democratized surf media. Yep. And so pick your pick your path like love slash hate. Lo All right, why do you hate it? Give him the mic. No, <laughs> no not Matt. Sorry. No, of course, but the democratized surf media or just get in that chair and get on that mic real quick. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. And I'll I'll set you up and then you can Okay. disagree. Okay. When I was growing up, there was three magazines for me to get all my surf content from. And so it was very homogenized. And those three, wait, don't let that fall off. Um, all right, sorry. You're drunk, dude. I, I can't trust you. these damn shows and hear people way too far away from the mic. Make another drink for Scott. Yeah. Um, and, the, and, and then the issue was, not only is it just trickled down from those three sources, but those three sources are funded by five companies. So like the... It was all very homogenized and I didn't, I enjoyed it when I was growing up, but then I got older and I realized if I just am on Instagram and I can just follow these individual people and I get a much more diverse, nuanced version of surfing and personality and all, perspective and all of this stuff. Upside. All great, right? It. And yeah, then now, now there's all these individual content producers mm. and I, it's almost, the downside is there's a lot of white noise. So Thank I you. don't, 
So I don't get to see all these. You answered everything. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. It's not just perfect. Like, no, Anyways, we're signing off. Thanks, yeah, guys. Thank you. No. no. Um, <laughs> too much so, surfing. Okay. Too much. But you can also pick your path. So I, I, I show up to the beach, and now there's people riding a bunch of different boards. They're not all wearing black wetsuits. That didn't come from social media and the new democracy. No? That predated it. Oh, yeah. People were the, hip if, to that way before Okay, the if, media told them. If you, could, if, if you took the amount of hours that you spent as a kid looking at those magazines that you remember, remember fondly, and if you took the same amount of hours and applied them um, um, carefully to, to the media that is good, it's better now than it's ever been. Okay. It's just that there's so much other stuff that it's hard to get through. But I think yeah. the right, you know, the writing. If you're if you're if you take the best ten people working in surf writing, and, and I include some of that, might even include people who are on comment threads. If you yeah. if you really yes. find the best writing on surf now, it is twice as good as it ever was. People think back, like people talk when I was at Surfer, and you know, and it was Derek Hind and Phil Jarrett and all these other guys great writers but you're getting something you know once a month it was good or something and it's nowhere near how good it is and how much good stuff there is right now not even close and, and again going back as far as you want to go I've read, I've read it all and and just through this conversation I've had kind of an epiphany of like a new potential business model or business opportunity is curating this stuff. Like even just talking to Kevin going, where are these films available? Oh, well come to our site and then you can click over to a bunch of different individual sites. But but that's the problem. I mean, I think Ira Opper at the surf network, essentially that's what he is, right? He has curated surf film. No, no, he takes whatever. He takes anything. And also he's got, or I guess he doesn't curate, but it's, but it's hard to get licenses for people to, like, I mean, that's the dang thing is a lot of the stuff just lives elsewhere and you can't put it in one spot, right? I mean, that's the real trouble. Yeah, you're, David is uh, speaking to a good need, kind of yeah. a any reader filter for quality content. Well, oh, but the oh. other model for that is there's, there's certain people who do that for music. So um, I don't want to spend all the time to listen to all of the music that came out last week. But if somebody's somebody else is saying these are the five great songs that... Right. And I, a lot of my friends um, have people that um, become their music curator. The, I mean, the beautiful thing, I guess, is that it, it exists in surfing, though. It's called, it's this little place called beach, beachgrid.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, partially. Yeah, partially. No, I mean, beachgrid is epic, but it's not, the, it's not the long stuff. It's not the, yeah, it's not the movies. It's not all of it. I You're see totally an opportunity. Right. Yeah, I did I'm out of, I'm I out of time in my day and like my week, but I'm envisioning like 2020, a, new, a newsletter. You know who's right. taking a goes job out once a week? Mr. Let's Build Something, Kevin Miller. Yeah. Oh, this is so on Kevin. Uh, he needs another job. He totally does. He I could totally he do this. I know he has free time. For the amount of surf films that guy watches. He has free time. And then he texts me randomly on a Sunday at midnight. Did you watch tonight's episode of Euphoria? Yeah. You know, and it's like he's watching a ton of content. He could definitely Ken Miller is yeah. in charge. Business mind. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I, I see a I see a once a week, like your Sunday joint, once a week newsletter that is like, here's the top five pieces of surf writing. Right. Uh, most importantly, the best podcasts. And then right. surf video content. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
Cool. Solved it. Well, we, we better well, stop get to this work, podcast right? so you can... All right. EOS.surf, beachgrid.com, thesurfersjournal.com. Also subscribe to the print, floridasurffilmfestival.com and surfsplendorpodcast.com. Until next time, Chaz, get barrel. Get barrel.